on this episode of Speak Project Management. We're not human resources, we're people. And I feel like a very easy problem to have on projects is we start treating people like resources. A lot of times how our team feels about the project at the end and certainly how our stakeholders outside the team feel about the project at the end kind of helps define whether it's successful or not. Hi, Andy. Hi. Today. It's nice to hear your voice. Yeah, nice to hear your voice too. How are you today? Oh, it's great. I um, I feel so sad. Are we not able to uh, see video? I'm not able to see you. <laughs> uh, maybe after this session. Oh, okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. yeah. So joining me is Andy Kaufman. Uh, Andy is the host of People and Project Podcast. It's great to have Andy. Thank you so much for the invite. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. So, uh, is there a general way that you can explain what human resources are? You know, not necessarily on the project, though. You know, I have to admit that one of my least favorite terms in project management is human resources. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sorry to say that. But what I, what I mean by that is, just think of it as a, as a department, human resources. We're not... We're not human resources, we're people. And I feel like a very easy problem to have on projects is we start treating people like resources. You know what I'm saying? Like, like um, I, need, I need two more resources. <laughs> no, I need two people with specific skill sets. Because if you just say two resources, then somebody go, oh, here are two people that just happen to be available. You know? they, have a, they, have a, they have a pulse. And so we can make them available. But that just because they're available doesn't mean it's a good fit. So I, uh, I personally, I don't like, I don't like the term. So I like to frame it more as stakeholder management instead of human resource management. So, so, I mean, you can, you can still ask your questions as human resources, but I'll, I'll be thinking it more because I, cause I think stakeholder management is a little bit easier to kind of get our arms wrapped around and there are far more resources that we have to deal with than just humans. So that's, that's why I don't particularly like the term. So I can start using stakeholders, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you for that. So could you give an insight into what um, stakeholders really mean from project? Yeah. In my, in my time, I would say human resources, but in your time now, <laughs> stakeholders, right? Yeah. yeah, sorry to mess you up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I've, here's, here's the interesting thing is uh, I feel like when I first started managing projects, I thought of stakeholders as people outside our team, like our, our primary contact people. So I, I grew up as a software developer and was in IT uh, a good chunk of my career. And so I thought of stakeholders as the key contacts outside of IT. And uh, years later, after helping many people get their PMP and, you know, trying to understand how bodies like the Project Management Institute define stakeholders, I've really benefited from realizing it's not just, you know, like a dictionary price says those who hold a stake, right? It doesn't help that much, but yeah. it's, it's like, who is it that's going to be impacted by this project? Who is it that could impact us? I think a lot of times we forget about that. Like, who is it that can make our job easier? Who is it that can make it uh, easier for this to get rolled out? Whatever it is. Uh, yeah. 
who is it that can make it more difficult? And who is it that's out there that they perceive that they're going to be affected? That's part of PMI's definition. Who is it that perceives that they're going to be impacted, but they're not, maybe. Or maybe they are, but we still have to manage them. So I think my view of uh, human resources and stakeholders was limited. I, I, I think I, I tended to be uh, most focused on the people who are most impacted without realizing these like ripple effects, right? You drop a stone in water and there's the ripples. Yeah. There's ripples on projects that I think we easily forget at our peril. Yeah, it kind of a cascading effect, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, like you said, many people believe that stakeholders are just people that are affected by the project. But now it seems like you are, you're differentiating from the different kind of project. There are some, there are some stakeholders that yeah. work on the project. Those are the ones that we call the human resources, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and the ones that are maybe outside of the organization or outside of the project those ones to our stakeholders right mm-hmm. yeah for someone that is listening to this so for someone that is hearing this term you know in a fresh way so is there a way you can differentiate between those things so that people will not get confused you know uh, differentiating between the, the stakeholders you know the team members that are stakeholders yeah and the general stakeholders that we are used to right yeah yeah yeah, yeah, you know it's it's an interesting question. Ed. I, I I think um, I think I've benefited by thinking of them all as stakeholders, uh, all as people. <laughs> and what I mean by that is all as people, as obvious as that sounds. Uh, sometimes yeah. when you have a difficult stakeholder outside the team or a difficult person on the team, we we um, we easily just you know write them off or we you know like, oh they're just a difficult person or oh they're just this or that. So so I I think. I think uh, the the truth is that the success of the project is bound in all of these people being managed well, and not, including our team, but also including the people outside. So there, our team would obviously, I, I think if I understand your question right, be heavily involved. So they could be actively involved, maybe more than some of the other people. Although right. some of the agile approaches are really trying to get, you know, cross-functional people actively involved as well. Of course. Okay. Yeah. But but I, I guess, you know, it's so easy to focus on only a subset. And then when we deliver our projects, we realize that there's a there's the group of people whose expectations we did not manage. And yeah. we, we have to manage our team, you know, their expectations. And we need to do that well. But I'm yeah. amazed at how one stakeholder <laughs> not being not having their expectations managed can lead yeah. to, uh, much pain on a project to the project yeah you're right so is there a way this factor affects the success of the project you know mm-hmm. so yeah. the project can be successful or it might fail you know right. and it might depend on it possibly depends on human resource factor right so ah, how, yeah. how do you explain this yeah. Yeah. Well, it could be, let's take, I, I like how you differentiate Let's talk about the team and then let's talk about other stakeholders. I, uh, I learned it as the, uh, it, it, I learned it as being called the happiness formula, the happiness formula. Uh, think of it as a math formula, reality on the top, expectations yeah. on the bottom. And so the idea is that if we set high expectations, but we don't deliver that reality, then there's not going to be a whole lot of happiness. And so 
it's not, I don't think it's the best term for it, happiness formula, but uh, I think, <laughs> I think for our team, I think that's an interesting thing. Are we managing expectations of our team? Well, and, and is the reality of what we manage the expectations? Are we, are we keeping that reality? So if I set the, if I set the expectations of, you know, I don't expect any overtime on this project. I, uh, I, I will communicate with you regularly, right? We're setting expectations. And if yeah, I don't, if I don't follow through on that, it's going to, it's going to hurt my team. And so, yeah. So there's the, there's the human resources side for the team with the happiness formula, the reality over expectations. And then the people outside the team thinking of, thinking of them, of, am I managing expectations well there? Because, you know, I, I am, I'm amazed at how I think I'm being very clear, <laughs> but I'm not, you know, and yeah, so, yeah, you're correct. Yeah. <laughs> and, sometimes it, like that's right. Right. And so if I think I'm being clear and then I get to the end of a project and I go, ta-da, look what we just delivered for you. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? And they're like, uh, uh I where, where's the, that scope there that we talked about? Like, uh-oh. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think a lot of times how our team feels about the project at the end and certainly how our stakeholders outside the team feel about the project at the end kind of helps define whether it's successful or not. You know, like yeah. a, I interviewed somebody recently on, she's a Harvard professor who wrote a book on trust. And she okay. said, one of the factors on trust ends up being the ultimate impact. And so there, there's, there's things like competence and you know, the, the means that we use our motives, but she has impact. And so yeah. the idea is, and this could happen politically, someone could have a, a good, well thought out policy, but if the end of that policy doesn't help, it doesn't matter whether it was seemingly a good decision, the end yeah, right. was bad. And so we can have good intentions with our stakeholders and our team, but if the end impact for them is not positive, you know, or, you know, their version of success, it can really hurt the, the uh, ability of even having trust in the future. So I, I, uh, I, I have a friend who does a lot of family counseling, like if marriages are struggling, he told me that he told me that a lot of problems in relationships are missed expectations. So the idea is that there's some expectations, but he yeah. said, but he said, here, here's the interesting thing. They're right. often unstated unstated expectations so i think that can happen with our team maybe i didn't say something but i had expectations of them or maybe they didn't say it to me but but they still had those expectations and it leads to problems of trust and and uh, uh and how the view how the project is viewed as successful after all so yeah. there's a there's a phrase that says the operation was successful but the patient died okay <laughs> And so I've seen it before where people said, yes, it's a successful project, but it didn't meet the, the yeah. you know, it didn't deliver benefits. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's a lot of times it's, it's decided through the eyes of the, of the humans involved. <laughs> yeah. With what you said just now, it looks like inf um, communication is very important mm -hmm. because, you know, when setting an expectation, it might not be clear the communication of the expectation might not be clear so uh, i i guess you are you're trying to hammer on communication 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 yes. yeah <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah that's, right. The, that's a good observation Adelia. i think that's that's really true um rarely is a project manager accused of over communicating <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. more, more, off, more often it's people saying in fact maybe this might be one of the biggest complaints on projects i don't know what's going on 
Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They haven't talked to me. So, so I think, I think you're right. I, I think that's a good observation on your part that it, it, uh, a lot of it comes down to communication. Yeah. So are there ways in which this human resources can be managed effectively? Do we have a kind of a, a, a rule to follow to manage the resources properly or what should the project manager do? Right. Um, you know, the answer to almost every people related question is it depends. Right? <laughs> so it depends on, <laughs> yeah, depends on the situation, depends on the person. This is one of the reasons why I'm not really worried about robots taking over project management jobs <laughs> because, you know, robots can do maybe some or AI can do some predictive scheduling and and automate some status reporting and things like that. But right. when, you, when you're dealing with the humans, that's a that's a little bit different challenge. And so I would say, uh, first of all, I've, I'm not aware of any predefined formula that would work in every situation. But here's here's I think. The thing that I feel like is most important that I've learned when it comes to when you deal with people, you each person comes with different strengths and challenges, preferences, experience level, um, yeah. biases. And so the Ken Blanchard's model of situational leadership, I think, is a brilliant model. And so well, what that means is you don't treat everybody the same, which doesn't sound right. I mean. Politically correctness would say you treat everybody the same, but what I, what what I'm, I'm saying on this one is I considered myself a handoff ma- a hands off manager for many years. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a delegator. I'm going to be a hands off, and that worked really well while I had very strong teams. But then when I had teams that needed a lot more direction, my hands off approach was not very effective. And so, does this person here, situational leadership, would say this person here? Um, I'm going to say his name is Robert. Robert is a, he deserves respect. Everyone deserves respect. Everyone deserves opportunity. But Robert, he has so much experience that if, if, uh, if I got very directive with him, then, then he would think I'm micromanaging him. And so, so I need to be more delegate, but let's, let's say there's a, there's a, someone else. I'll, I'll say her name is Martha. Martha. She's a wonderful person, uh, very talented, but she's new to our organization. If I just say to Martha, hey, take your time, uh, go j- write your own job description, you know, figure out stuff on your own. <laughs> you know, I'll see you in a month. Martha's yeah. going to struggle. And, and, and she should struggle because we are not helping her. So situational leadership, it's not a predefined formula, but it just asks us to say, how much direction does this person need? And, and then we calibrate it, give them more direction or more delegating depending on their situation. So, so I, I find that whether it's someone on our team or it's a stakeholder, just learning to adjust to them, instead of waiting for them to adjust to us, we adjust to them. Uh, how do they, what are their, what are their preferred communication styles? Going back to your point about communication, do they like it in writing? Do they prefer face to face? You know, um, so for some people, a text message is just fine. For for other people, if it doesn't happen face to face or with cameras on, it just didn't happen. So, this 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 idea of adjusting to the other person is about as close to uh, uh, like an overall arching, you know, yeah. unifying way of thinking about how to deal with people. It's we have to meet them where they are and adjust. Yeah, yeah. like what you said about. Um managing people 
in a different way mm-hmm. i think emotional intelligence comes mm-hmm. with that aspect right yeah. can you can you talk about how emotional intelligence can can play some roles in managing resources oh, yeah yeah you know um i when i think of emotional intelligence i think you have to start with self awareness you have to start yeah, with do i know myself well and <laughs> i i think <laughs> most people listening to us would say oh yeah i know myself pretty well <laughs> but uh, i don't think the people that study this most deeply would say we're very good at self awareness i think uh-huh. we um we tend to see ourselves in the best light and so emotional intelligence in this case would have to say under stress how do i react Mm-hmm. How do how do I re- react when someone pushes back on me? How do I react when I'm when I'm unsure? How do I re- you know so just knowing myself and then learning to regulate that. Learning to regulate how that works. And then you know I think of it as like a four quadrant and uh, yeah I can't draw the picture here but if you if if this is the left two, right? So I have to be aware of myself and then I have to learn how to regulate myself. That'd be maybe two boxes on the left of a two by two and then on the other side just like i had to be aware of myself i have to be aware of other people's other people yeah yeah like what what are their preferences what are their biases what are how are they going to react and because if i it's hard to be it's hard to say i'm being emotionally intelligent if i don't understand or at least try to understand someone else's preferences and then the and the other box on the right side that would be adjusting to their uh you know adjusting to their preferences so i think you're exactly right that emotional intelligence you yeah. know i i think uh, for every hour as project managers we invest in understanding emotional intelligence it probably pays off in big dividends yeah teams uh, can be motivated and how, how do you think motivation really affect teams is there does it have any kind of a big effect on how resources perform yeah or... you know yeah it's a really good, it's a good question i doubt because i i think um uh i mean i've had uh, jim kuzis on the podcast author of the leadership challenge and one of the things that they found across cultures so this is not just uh, true in in north america or europe or it's true everywhere around the world yeah. that uh, what that at least where they've tested that there's certain things that people want to willingly follow leaders. And yeah. one of one of the things that they had, like they had honesty and forward thinking, uh, but one of them was inspiring. Like like we want leaders who inspire us. And that doesn't mean they have to be extroverted, but that we you know people over in fact over decades, over age groups, over um, ethnic groups, that they, they consistently said these are the things we want including inspiring. So so this means that we have to we have to be thinking about am i am i am i inspiring people now when i when i had jim on the podcast one of the things i asked him was it sounds like extroversion let's say someone's more introverted All right. and he said he goes well it's not really introversion or extroversion he goes what's the most motivating thing to people and i'm like <laughs> well, here's what jim said vision vision is what motivates people And so do we have a vision? So yesterday I was talking to a someone we're going to do some project management training for and he said um he works for a health a healthcare company. He goes, "We've got a great vision. Like I feel like we're helping people stay healthy." Like like I I so vision. He felt very motivated 
not because some boss was like, woohoo, let's do it. He felt very motivated by vision. Like, where are we doing? Where are we going and why? And so that doesn't require extroversion. I mean, that somebody can be quite introverted, but they're, they're giving vision. And I guess I'd also add to that, that, um, I guess I've had to learn the hard way that you can never truly motivate somebody else. You, you can only set the conditions under which they can be motivated themselves. So I can't, I can't force, whether it's my children or my uh, colleagues, I can't force them to be motivated, but can I set the conditions under which that they're willing to be motivated themselves? So for example, if I start my meetings by going, okay, Let's get this stupid meeting over. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to be very motivating. But am I am I modeling? Am I modeling what I want to see? Like I, I guess I've learned the hard way that I get what I demonstrate. And so if I demonstrate that I'm motivated, I'm more likely to get that on my team. But if I don't demonstrate that, it's a little bit more difficult. You also get what you celebrate. And so it might be one of those things of find some people that are motivated and just call them out and just, you know, in a positive way, like, Hey, thank you so much for the way that you've been so committed and you, you often get what you demonstrate and you get what you celebrate. And so, uh, just understanding that what motivates, you know, one person could be quite different from, you know, somebody else might be hey, if they're not, uh, if there's not money involved, it's not money, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when you study for your PMP, you, you probably um, uh, uh, oh, what's the guy's name? He, he has the uh, the hygiene factors and and the motivating factors, and he says that that uh, compensation is a hygiene factor, which means if we're underpaid, if it's yeah, under, yeah underpaid, we're not. Mo- we're, is we're that Maslow's, Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Yeah, it's related to Maslow. It's it's uh, it's a different guy. I'm sorry, oh, I'm spacing okay. out, but 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 it's but still, it's the same idea. It's yeah. we're under if, if we're underpaid, we're demotivated. But if we're overpaid, we're not motivated. Um, yeah. But which is kind of interesting, and we'd all like to be part of that study just to make sure you got it right. But 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 what he found is that if you're overpaid, you're not motivated. What is motivating? He has his motivating factors. And his motivating factors were things like it's Herzberg. Herzberg is the name. Herzberg. Oh, yeah, yeah, motiv- yeah, yeah. Mo- motivating factors are things like give people a challenge. By the by the way, I tell you, I find this is really important. Sometimes yeah. because maybe I'm just trying to be nice as a project manager that I don't challenge my team. You know, sometimes what can motivate people? Give right. them a challenge. Like, hey, I, I know this is big. I know I'm asking a lot, but I believe in you. Like, like children need to hear this from parents that I believe in you. I think team members need to hear this. Like, yeah. I, you can do this. You know, Adele, you, you've got this new podcast, right? I believe yeah. you can do this, right? You, you know, and this is the challenge, right? You have to, you have to keep learning, but you are totally up to the challenge. And and saying things like that to the people around us. Now, if we don't believe it, that would be lying. So we have to be careful. But but for a lot of times, if we if we give people challenges, that can yeah. be motivating for them. So. So there's a, there's a lot to motivation, but realizing that um, I need to set the conditions under which, yeah, yeah, what can what can I do? And giving people a challenge, giving them opportunities to learn. Like one of my favorite things about doing a podcast, I'm sure you're you're gonna, I'm sure you've already experienced it, but you will keep experiencing it. Is yeah. you, this is a learning platform. Like you're gonna learn so much as you interview people over the coming years, and and yeah. the more people are learning, the more motivated they are too. 
definitely yeah yeah you're right i, I love the way you are emphasizing on vision 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 and mm-hmm. about the condition setting people in the condition to yeah to be motivated yeah it's fantastic yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's been a great time with you today it's a oh i i when you sent the invitation it just made me smile because you know we we when i say see each other on linkedin it's not exactly seeing each other but i, I always enjoy it. you're a very insightful person and i appreciate the insights you share regularly on that platform so anybody listening um who is not already connected with that daily i recommend you do it because you're going to get a lot of value out of that yeah thank you very much for that <laughs> thank you very much yeah mm-hmm. so Yeah, uh, it's a close for the podcast, right? So I I would invite you again for another session. Would you be willing to come over to you know to speak on the project on the podcast again? You let me know, and if I'm available, <laughs> I would love to. Absolutely. Uh, no problem then. No problem then. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Speak Project Management Podcast. Join us for another episode next time. Till then, keep speaking project management.